الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا ومولانا محمد عبده ورسوله صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وصحبه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا رب اشرح لي صدري ويسل لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي سبحانك لا علم لنا إلا ما علمتنا إنك أنت العليم الحكيم قال الله تبارك وتعالى يا أيها الذين آمنوا اذكروا الله ذكرا كثيرا وقال في مكان آخر ألا بذكر الله تطمئن القلوب So respected brothers and sisters, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. We all seek answers to many things. And with all the trouble, all the confusion that we may be faced with from time to time, we all seek answers. We all seek resolutions and solutions. However, sometimes due to the enticement due to something else being more attractive we go the wrong way and we do not take the right path to find our answers and we go to a totally different source an incorrect source something that cannot really give us our answers that we are looking for and solve our problems forever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, after creating the human being on this earth, He sent down many prophets, many messengers. And the sole purpose of these messengers was to tell the people about who their Lord was and the purpose of their creation. The messengers, all from Adam alayhi salam to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, this was the predominant and the core theme of their messengership or office of prophethood. Each one of them, every single one of them, if their mission is to be studied, then each one of them call towards this one and the same thing, which is the tawheed of Allah, the oneness of Allah, and for how a human being should live in this world and relate to his Lord and be obedient to his Lord. This is the real reason. Today in this fast-moving world, many things have been replaced. Things which people would do, solutions which people would seek, 
100 years ago, 200 years ago, maybe even 50 years ago. Today the whole world has advanced so much in some sense. When we say the word advance in brackets or in quotation mark, advanced so much that it has offered us a variety of different solutions for different things. Some of the things that we look at tell us that this will have its results, it will show its results within a very short time. Things which would take many months to resolve before are now or can now be resolved in a matter of minutes or in a matter of days. However, it is all not good. Not all of this is what it seems. Not all of this is the reality. Yes, there are many things which in terms of the advance have made life much easier for human beings. However, there are many aspects, there are many aspects today that by seeking them and adopting them, they may give a very temporary answer, a very temporary solution to the problem and thereafter it goes back to the same thing and the money has to be spent all over again and a lot of capitalist venture is behind many of these aspects. However, what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will tell us and do not think for even a moment that He left us in the cold, that He left us isolated after creating us and spreading us on this earth and we continue to spread day in and day out. Do not ever think that Allah has left us isolated and has abandoned us. No, this is not the case whatsoever. All the answers to everything is in the kalam of Allah, is in the speech of Allah, is in the Qur'an, and is in its commentary, the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. One of the greatest problems people have today, despite having all wealth, despite having position, despite having authority, the one thing which people still have a problem with is loneliness and not being contented. No tranquility and peace in the heart. Many times we will read reports of certain successful people, men and women alike, who have reached the peak of their careers, who have reached the pinnacles of success, who have reached beyond which it is very difficult to go and have become the CEOs of major conglomerates, worldwide companies, have thousands of people working under them, wield influence over many, many nations, yet there is something which is missing in the heart. From those people to the local worker, to the normal everyday laborer, there is something which is in the heart that each person seeks and thinks that the advancement in technology will bring this about. Even though telephones have shortened the distance between families and have brought people from different countries onto one platform, at the dial of a few buttons, at the press of a few switches, we can talk to somebody on the other end of the planet. However, this did not increase the love in fact, it has decreased the love.
years ago where somebody would visit a friend in another area, in another country, whether it be a friend or a relative, the hospitality would be immense. Because this was someone there was no contact with. And now we must utilize Allah bringing us together and we must make the most of this. However, even though it's easier today to travel, it is easier today to speak to somebody, to see somebody. This has taken the love and compassion and the heat out of the relationships which are supposed to be between people. The warmth of these relationships have gone out. In fact, worse still, the warmth and the contentment from our own hearts is disappearing. That a person, despite having everything, palatial home, the best of cars, the best of a business or work, big bank balance, whatever he wants can be dictated with one word, but yet there is no contentment in the heart. We all feel this in different ways. Different people feel different levels of insecurity, different levels of discomfort. People are forced to pay thousands and millions of dollars to go to retreats where it is supposed to bring this contentment and tranquility into the heart. Not always so. Maybe it takes the person away from everyday toils and headaches of the office and home, of the cell phone, and of all these other gadgets that we have brought into our life. But as soon as the person comes out of this retreat, it all begins again. It all starts all over. And then the person has to plan his second time into the retreat. Person does not live in a retreat for the rest of his life. So where is the answer? Let us ask ourselves, where is the answer? Who can provide us with this answer? At what cost can we get this answer? Do we have to pay the thousands of dollars? To pay the best shrink in town, the best psychiatrist in town and speak to him? Do we have to look for retreats in the hills and in the mountains? Where is the answer? We look to the Quran. We look somewhere where we don't have to pay anything. We look somewhere where it does not require much effort. And the problem is that we are very ignorant to the themes of the Quran. And these themes of the Quran are not just the themes of any book, but they are the themes of our life. They are the themes and they are the concepts which revolve around human life because the Quran is for mankind. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent this with the prophets for mankind, for us, for me and you, and for everybody else. This is what holds the answer. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so beautifully. Can't be anything more beautiful. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, Ala bi dhikrillahi tatma'innul qulub. That no, no, that with the remembrance of Allah will the hearts find contentment and peace. This is it. It is so simple. It is so simple. But our problem is, the problem of you and I and everybody else is, that it's too simple for us. We need more complicated things to do. We need more sophistication. 
Things have to seem more advanced. There has to be some electronics involved. There has to be some gadgetry involved. It has to be expensive. Expensive means that this is a good product. So this is what people aspire to. So when Allah tells us a simple thing, for instance, that with the dhikr and the remembrance of Allah, will you find contentment? The Prophet ﷺ in another place said, Afshu salama baynakum. In this hadith, he mentioned that if you want to create love between yourself, then afshu salama baynakum. Spread salam amongst you. But no, it is too simple for us. What is salam? Salam is like saying, hello, good morning. That's what we think it means. But believe me, if we were to just look at what salam means, salam is the name of Allah. And whenever we make this greeting, we are actually making dua that salamun alaykum, peace be upon you. Allah shower his mercy upon you. Allah shower his peace upon you. You are safe. You are protected. You have salam. You have peace. This is what you are. This is what your state is. This is a dua. And out of the hundreds of times we may say salam, if it was accepted even once, then this peace will come down. If Allah accepted it immediately even once, then inshallah even through the benefit of peace be on that person, Allah will also involve ourselves in that peace. And this peace will spread from the two people involved to the whole community. And this will bring the love that is required for us to stay together. The Prophet ﷺ gave us simple solutions which every person could do and acquire. A person living in America, a person living in England, a person living in a jungle, a person living in the desert. Every one of these people could use and employ these simple aspects, these simple solutions and reach the ultimate design goal. However, with all the gadgetry and all the electronics and all the advancements, it has taken us away. I'm not discrediting any advancement. I'm not saying that this is something we must totally abhor and abandon put aside. No, it could be used for its benefit. But we must not become blinded and we must not be deceived. Things are very deceiving, looks are deceiving. If it doesn't have a manual, it's not good enough for us. If it doesn't have instructions, we think we can't benefit. But believe me, With the dhikr of Allah, will the hearts find this guidance and this contentment that they are looking for. And the reason for this is very simple. A man is made up essentially of two things. One is the body, the physical jism, the body. And this is made up of the different ingredients which biologists will be able to tell you more about. However, this is just the body. Whatever we see around us has a body. This wall is a body, it's not moving. But essentially it is made up of the same system of atoms and molecules. The human being has something else, which is the ruh, which is the ruh, the soul, the heart. This is something we have and nobody else has. Animals have it as well. All animals have it. But this is something which the human being has in the complete sense. And this is what we are trying to make content, not the body. The body could be in the most shabby state, but if the person is content, then that is what matters. 
when representatives of the Persian Empire, one of their representatives, one of their leaders was captured and brought to Umar radiallahu an from Persia, he was brought to Medina. They entered the masjid and he's looking for a throne. He is looking for the glamour. He is looking for the pomp and splendor. Doesn't see any. He says, where is your leader? Where is this Umar that has put so much threat into our hearts? That when he is mentioned, we shake. We're talking about the Persian Empire, which was along with the Roman Empire, the two greatest empires. He said, where is this Umar? Somebody pointed to a person who was sleeping on the side, relaxing with a whip that had fallen from his hand or in his hand. He said, this is Umar. Umar quickly got up and came to speak to him. This is the contentment. The same Umar is the one when he goes to Jerusalem, he is walking and his servant is on the animal because it was his servant's turn to take the ride. And they had traveled from Medina to Jerusalem because the Christians of Jerusalem wanted to see Umar and would hand over the keys to Umar and to nobody else. So he went and they see that there is this person who is walking and another person who is sitting atop the animal on the mount. And the one who is walking has clothing which is patched. You think Umar did not have contentment? They say that the greatest riches of Persia Things, objects, articles which were not available in Arabia were sent to him after the Muslims conquered so much of Persia. The best things which the rulers used to use. They were specially preserved and sent to Umar. And Umar would have it distributed. Umar would have it put into the Baytul Mal. He would never keep anything for himself. He knew that this was not what will give him the contentment. The contentment lies in the heart. And the contentment is in doing what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has told them to do. One of the greatest advices that was given to the Muslim army was that look, be careful, be cautious. Do not ever disobey Allah. Just being involved in the war and engrossed in its affairs, it should not make you perform your prayer any faster than normal. It should not let you hasten in your prayer and rush your prayer that you do not make your sujood and your ruku, your bowing and prostration in the complete way that you used to do so. Because that is where the success lies. Because it is Allah who helps. And it is nothing else that can really bring the help if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't put that ability and the strength in that thing to work. He said that if you do not obey Allah and you begin to disobey Allah, then they will definitely overcome you and dominate you because they are much better off and they are much more well prepared in terms of fighting, in terms of weapons and in terms of self-protection. They are more protected than you are. And if you do not seek Allah's help and assistance, if you do not have Allah on your side by disobeying Him, then they will definitely dominate you. Your only strength lies in Allah. Your only strength lies in Allah. This is why I keep saying that we philosophize today. That Muslims need money. And Muslims need engineers and technology. We have all of this. We have all of this. Muslims are the top wealthiest people in the world. Some of the best scientists and engineers in this country are Muslims. We have all of this. But if the dhikr of Allah is not there, if the remembrance is not there, if the heart is not illuminated by the dhikr of Allah, then these same people will be looking for contentment elsewhere. 
These same Muslims who have all of this. And they are looking for contentment elsewhere. We see this and we complain about them sitting down. We sit and complain about the worldly leaders. What are they doing? What are these leaders doing with all the money that they have? They could feed all the poor people of Africa. They could feed all the poor people of Afghanistan. Why aren't they doing this? It's the heart. It is the heart. The dhikr of Allah. Contentment. Wanting to please Allah. This is missing. Everything else is in its place. So this is what is the essential thing. Yes, we acquire everything else, but it should always be infused with the dhikr of Allah. And not only our worldly aspects should be infused with the dhikr of Allah, but even our worships. If our worships are not permeated, are not mixed and overwhelmed by the dhikr of Allah, then that worship is sometimes not beneficial. Aqim dhikri Establish prayer for my remembrance, not just mechanically, not just to fulfill an obligation, but for my remembrance. So if the dhikr is not in the prayer, that prayer is valid. The fard is absolved, the obligation is absolved, but the benefit that it should bring into us will not come. The dhikr is the most essential thing. The dhikr is the most important aspect. Regardless if it's a worldly thing we are embarking upon, it's a worship to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we are doing, then all of this, the core fundamental and a goal and ambition should be the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then whatever we are doing will have the benefit. Then when the person speaks, it will be listened to. The heart will speak to the other's heart. That when we give da'wah to non-Muslims, when we give da'wah to other people, then this will benefit because the heart will speak to the heart. The words will have the infusion of dhikr, which is that Allah's attention on the person. This will be present when we do something, when we perform an act, when we write something, then all of this will benefit. When we perform an engineering feat, when something is developed and something is designed, and if it is done with the dhikr of Allah, it will benefit. The money that we have will be used in the good ways. The money, the wealth that people have, if it has the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in there, will be used in the best of places and it will give answers, it will bring solutions. It will resolve situations. But until that does not happen, then this is just all worldly aspects. This is just worldly aspects. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Kullu man fan wa wajhu rabbika That everything on this earth is to perish. Everything. So whatever we are using, if it does not have the dhikr of Allah, is to perish. It is something which is not everlasting. However, وَيَبْقَى وَجْهُ رَبِّكَ Only the countenance of your Lord will remain and will endure the test of time. ذُلْ Jalali wal ikram, The one of great honor and of great generosity. So we have to bring that aspect into our deeds. Then our deeds will be more long-lasting. These deeds will then benefit us not only in this world but in the hereafter also. The benefits of dhikr, if only we were to know. If only we were to pick up the Qur'an. This Qur'an which is lying on our shelves at home. The Qur'an which is on the shelves in the masjid. If only we were to pick it up and look. And look at the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala very simply, but very clearly says, وَذْكُرُ اللَّهَ كَثِيرًا لَعَلَّكُمْ تُفْلِحُونَ 
Remember Allah so that you may be successful. This is what Allah is saying. Remember Allah and you will be successful. But again, we look for success in other areas. It is not haram to look for success in other areas. As long as we do not neglect the dhikr of Allah. The dhikr of Allah has to come along with everything. This is the baggage and the luggage we should carry with us everywhere. The dhikr of Allah, the remembrance of Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also says, فَذْكُرُونِي أَذْكُرْكُمْ Remember me and I will remember you, Allah says. Now just imagine if Allah remembers someone. Can that person ever go wrong? Can that person ever falter? Can that person ever take a wrong step? Allah is saying, remember me and I will remember you. This is a guarantee. When Allah says something, He means it. It is something which we should not have any doubt in whatsoever. And we should believe like the sun in the morning that comes up. That just as we see it and we believe in its reality, this is exactly how the words of Allah should be in our hearts and in our minds. That be grateful to me and do not be ungrateful. Do not disobey, do not be disbelievers. In fact, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala orders the dhikr to be made. He says, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu dhkurullaha dhikran kathira wa sabbihuhu bukratan wa asila. In Surah Al-Ahzab, O people who believe, remember Allah in abundance. Remember Allah in great abundance and glorify Him morning and evening. In another place in Surah Al-A'raf, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَذْكُرْ رَبَّكَ فِي نَفْسِكَ تَضَرُّعًا وَخِيفًا Remember Allah in your hearts, remember Allah in yourself with full humbleness and in fear and in awe of Allah. That's how Allah's remembrance should be. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says after ordering this, وَلَا تَكُمْ مِنَ الْغَافِلِينَ Do not be from those who are neglectful. Do not be from those who are neglectful. وَلَا تَكُونُوا كَالَّذِينَ نَسُوا اللَّهَ فَأَنْسَاهُمْ أَنفُسَهُمْ Allah warns as to the neglect of dhikr where it could reach. Allah says that do not become like those who forgot Allah. So Allah made them forget themselves. Surah Al-Hashr. It is narrated in the Sahih of Imam Muslim on the authority of Abu Sa'id radiallahu He says that once Muawiyah, he relates about Muawiyah radiallahu that he went out into the masjid and there was a gathering he found in the masjid he said ma ajlasakum qalu jalasna nadhkurullah what made you sit here he said they said that we are sitting here making the dhikr of allah remembering allah he said in astonishment or feigned astonishment he said allah ma ajlasakum illa dhalik why? By Allah. Is it only this reason that has caused you to remain here and restricted you from going out and kept you sitting here? They said, Allah ma ajlasna ghayru. That wallahi, yes, by Allah, it is only this reason which has kept us here. So then he explained to them, he said, look, I'm not making you swear an oath and take an oath because I don't believe you. Because I am suspicious of your real motives. No, that was not the reason. He said, I don't, despite the fact that I was so close to the Prophet ﷺ, that my sister was married to him, Muawiyah and his sister was married to the Prophet ﷺ, so he was a brother-in-law. 
He said, despite the fact of my closeness and proximity and intimacy with the Prophet ﷺ, I don't narrate so many ahadith. I'm very cautious in the way I narrate hadith. He said, however, this one hadith I remembered by seeing you sitting here, and I will narrate this hadith. He said, Inna Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam kharaja ala halakatim min ashabih faqala ma ajlasakum ha huna qalu jalasna nathkurullah wa nahmaduhu ala ma hadana lil-islam wa manna bihi alayna qala aallahi ma ajlasakum illa thalik qalu aallahi ma ajlasana illa thalik qala amma inni lam astahlifukum tuhmatan lakum وَلَكِنَّهُ أَتَانِي جِبْرِيلْ فَأَخْبَرَنِي أَنَّ اللَّهَ عَزَّ وَجَلَّ يُبَاهِي بِكُمُ الْمَلَائِكَةِ He said, I will narrate this hadith to you, Muawiyah says. He said, once the Prophet ﷺ in a similar way came out into the masjid and saw a group of the companions sitting down. He said, what are you sitting here for? They said, we are sitting here remembering Allah. He said, is this the only reason for you to sit here? By Allah, is this the only reason? They said, by Allah, this is the only reason. We are sitting here and we are remembering the gifts of Allah on us that He gave us guidance towards Islam and how He benefited us and how He gifted us and bestowed us due to Islam. The Prophet ﷺ said that, remember, I am not asking you because I have any doubt or I blame your intentions and I am suspicious of your motives. That is not the reason. He said that Jibreel alayhi salam, the angel, has just appeared and he has informed me that Allah Azza wa Jal, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, has spoken with pride about you to the angels. Allah is very proud of you and he has spoken with pride about you and he has made mention of you to the angels that look at this group of people. Now do not think that we have to go around the world to places where there are supposedly Sufi gatherings and look for a Sufi gathering and sit there and then we can benefit from this. No. No. Look at the following hadith. Again narrated by Imam Muslim in his Sahih from Abu Huraira and Abu Sa'id radiallahu anhuma. They both say that قَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ لَا يَقْعُدُ قَوْمٌ يَذْكُرُونَ اللَّهِ إِلَّا حَفَّتْهُمُ الْمَلَائِكَةِ وَغَشِيَتْهُمُ الرَّحْمَةِ وَنَزَلَتْ عَلَيْهِمُ السَّكِينَةِ وَذَكَرَهُمُ اللَّهُ فِي مَنْ عِنْدَهِ Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that there is no group of people who sit down, meaning a group of people who sit down remembering Allah. What happens to them is that as soon as that happens, as soon as they start making the dhikr of Allah, where the angels suddenly surround them, and the mercy of Allah envelops them, and the sakina, the real peace and tranquility that is required by the heart for contentment, that descends upon them. And more still, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala remembers, makes mention of these people by those who are in the heavens. This can apply to every single home, to every single apartment, every single dwelling, whether it be a pauper's residence or a palatial home, whether it be a shack or a castle, or a palace. This is something which we can all bring towards ourselves. By sitting down at home after coming back from work, maybe before sleeping, maybe after waking up in the morning and proceeding to work, we could sit down either with our families or without. Whatever is more convenient. And just sit down and remember Allah for a few minutes. Remember Allah for a few minutes. Just in isolation, in the confinement of the room. And this will happen. The angels will surround the person. 
will surround this group if it's a group. And the mercy of Allah will descend. And the peace that everybody is looking for will appear in the heart. There is no doubt about this. And this is not something we should be suspicious about. I know it's very simple. I know it doesn't have any gadgetry involved. I know it doesn't seem too scientific. But believe me, this is what the Prophet said. And this is something which will continue to remain even if all technology was to become obsolete. Even if all technology was to become obsolete. And as you understand, Einstein said that if there was a third world war, then the fourth world war would be fought with sticks and stones. I won't elaborate on that, but I'm sure each of us understands the connotations of this small statement. But the point is that Allah gives us things and Allah gives us solutions which are applicable everywhere. At all times, despite the situation, regardless of who's with us or who is not with us, regardless if we have any assistance or no assistance. This is the power of the dhikr of Allah and the significance of our soul and our heart in comparison to our body and all other aspects and how if the heart dies then there is no real life because whatever will be spent and whatever will be endured will only be until death and there'll be nothing in the hereafter. But if the heart is kept alive in this world, there is benefit in this world and the heart will continue to live. The ruh continues into the hereafter, not the body. The body perishes. The body is eaten up by the worms. The body is eaten up by the earth and it decomposes. But it is the heart that will continue and stay in the protection of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah give us the ability to take heed and to start the dhikr in ourselves, in our houses, in our localities, so that we can draw the benefits and the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala towards us.